0: You're listening to Live Law, real stories about the law told live. I'm Nancy Mullane. This week's story is from Yannick Morgan. Yannick is a lawyer and a graduate of Yale Law School, but before that, he was a sleeper, a great sleeper. Ever know someone to fall asleep at a swim meet that they're in? I'll let Yannick take it from here.
1: I am a champion sleeper. Um, I am crazy good at it. I have a sister who is about 20 months older than me. uh, And when we were growing up, my mother would always tell us that as children, as babies, my sister was the one who was super alert and aware and just really engaged in the world around us. Um, And I, on the other hand, was always asleep. Um, And when she would try to wake me, I would be like... (sighs) 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 Um, The problem is, in life, there are all sorts of things that get in the way of my sleep, Uh, like school, or work, or eating, or dating. Um, But my body just does not care about any of that. Uh, My body is like, screw that. Uh, uh, And so it will take its rest whenever and wherever it wants it. Uh, so there'll be some particularly inopportune moment and I will fall asleep and, you know, wake up 20 minutes later and my body will be like, nice, solid nap, feeling great. And I'll be like, sorry, I passed out in the middle of your mother's funeral. I'm sure it was a lovely service. Um, and these sleep attacks just sort of get more and more embarrassing the older I get. So when I was 12, I was an acolyte in the Episcopalian church in my neighborhood, which was in Tampa, which is adjacent to Gibsonton, and I went to high school with a bunch of kids from Gibsonton, and yeah, they are weird. Um, uh, but so I was an acolyte in this church. Uh, and the acolytes sit sort of in the front of the church in the raised area next to the altar with the priests and the deacons and the other acolytes. And on more than one occasion, more than one Sunday, I remember falling asleep so hard that I fell out of my chair in the middle of the sermon. Um, When I was 15, I was a swimmer, and uh, I remember going to this one swim meet and being the eager beaver that I was going behind the starting blocks about five minutes before my event. Uh, And I got behind the starting blocks, put my goggles on, sat down, fell asleep, and woke up to the sound of my heat diving into the water, and my coach is screaming at me furiously from the other end of the pool. Um, that was another one of those instances where I woke up and I was like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: when I was in college, I, uh, I was working in Ghana for a summer uh, in a city called Cape Coast, which is about halfway... Th- through the western part of the country, Um, and I got on a bus one day just to go across town or a little bit outside of town, fell asleep, woke up, and I was on the border between Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire. I've got to say that was one of the less embarrassing experiences I've had, um, as uh, by the time I woke up, no one could see my shame because no one was left on the bus. Um, So cut to a couple years ago when I started as a summer associate at this firm, called Latham & Watkins uh, in Washington, D.C. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with these summer associate positions. I know there are a few lawyers in the crowd. Um, but uh, they're kind of ridiculous. Uh, so it's basically your job for the summer to impress as many people as you possibly can uh, over the course of 10 weeks. It's a 10-week audition. Uh, so, But you have to do it in a couple different ways. So you have the people that you work for uh, that you have to impress them with your work product by being responsive to emails, um, by being around, that sort of thing. But that's only like four or five people over the course of the summer. The rest of the time, you have to impress all the rest of the firm. And if it's a big firm, that could be like, I don't know, 200 people. And the way you do that is by going out to all these lunches and going to these social events after work, going to uh, cocktail parties and happy hours and dinners and shows and things of this nature. And you would expect that, you know, working hard during the day and going hard all night uh, sort of would be at odds with each other. That's just sort of the strange paradigm that you have to exist within when you're a summer associate. Uh, So of course, I found the whole experience completely exhausting. Uh, So you can understand that when I got to the firm, my biggest concern wasn't how I was going to avoid napping during the day, but how I was going to avoid getting caught napping during the day. Uh, so one day, uh, when I was about four weeks into my summer at Latham and Watkins, I had been—I uh, just come back from one of these lunches, these really ridiculous lunches that are largely comprised of butter. Um, <laughs> uh, and I was sitting in my office, and I was really unhappy because I was completely overstuffed first. Second, because of the butter lunches for a month, I was now a little too fat for my business casual chinos that I'd purchased like three (laughs) weeks earlier. Um, And me being me, I was mad sleepy. So at this point, I said, you know what, screw it. Like, I'm just going to get out from behind my desk. So I got out from behind my desk. I unbuckled my pants, put them down on my ankles, (laughs) laid on my floor, and went to sleep. (laughs) The issue here, well, one of the issues here um, <laughs> was that the week before, I had gotten an assignment from this uh, partner. Uh, let's call him John. I'm going to try to keep calling him John. If I slip him and say his name, please just like, go with it and don't tell him I told you the story. Um, but this partner, John, uh, uh, had given me an assignment the week earlier. And John wasn't like most partners. He was more uh, friendly, let's say. Um, So most partners, when they give you assignments, they'll either call you from their office and just give you a quick like, hey, can you do this for me? Bye. Um, Or they'll have you come to their office. Uh, But not John. John was a little bit different. Uh, John liked to chit-chat about Georgia football and Duke basketball and everything else under the sun. And of course, you never went to John's office. John always came to yours. So on this fateful day, John decided to pay my office a visit. Um, And so I'm about maybe like three minutes away from a really quality REM cycle, uh, and I hear uh, a, a knock, knock, knock on the door. So at this point, I have a number of options, right? I can say, hold on one second, or wait, I'm on the phone, or better yet, I could just stay quiet and play dead, and he'd be none the wiser and go on his merry way. Uh, But of course, that's not what I did. Um, I did what anybody in my, you know, dazed and somewhat compromising position would do. I said, come in. (laughs) What's that? says Les, and that's when it happened. I came to like a bullet. This was not a game, right? So I tried to pop up immediately, but of course I couldn't because my legs were asleep and my pants were down around my ankles. So I flip over onto my stomach and then army crawl on my elbows like Lieutenant Dan over to my desk. And in the most desperate pull-up of my life, hoist myself up, pull up my pants, zip my fly, buckle my belt, pose seductively on the desk and say, I said, come in. So Les comes in. John comes in (laughs) I'm getting fired so (laughs) so John comes in um, and and uh, at this point my adrenaline is way up I'm I'm completely buzzing because I think I've gotten away with it I think I am free and clear right but uh, that's not the case uh, because of course today of all days John doesn't want to talk about Duke basketball and John doesn't want to talk about Georgia football John wants to talk about the law and he wants to talk about my assignment. Now, I've only been there for about three weeks, so of course I'm completely incompetent, and I have no idea what I'm doing or talking about. Uh, So, uh, uh, but during my long and storied academic career, I've sort of figured out how to make it up as I go along. Uh, The issue, it turns out, though, uh, that when you are just waking up, uh, it, the only thing harder than trying to be competent in front of your boss is trying to pretend to be competent in front of your boss. And so John walks in and he starts up and he's like, so what do you think about uh, this part of this section of the Iran sanctions that we've been dealing with this past couple of weeks? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I think what you really have to think about is, you know, like, what is the context of the Green Revolution and nuclear weapons? I mean, Ahmadinejad, am I right? So after babbling on incoherently for the next five minutes, um, mercifully, John says, you know what? Why don't I come back after you've done uh, you know, a little more research? And I'm like, yeah, no, that would be swell. <laughs> swell? Yes, well, I will see you later. Um, so thankfully, he leaves, and naturally, I go back to sleep. <laughs> um, now, I'm back at Latham now, uh, so everything turned out OK. Um, But, and I think it's still unreasonable for me to think that I'm not going to take naps during the day, but I think I've decided that if I am going to take naps, I'm going to keep my pants on. Thank you.
0: Yannick told his story at a recent live law show in New York City. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Life of the Law, featuring investigative reports on the law in our lives. Next week on Life of the Law. If by chance my grandpa had told my Aunt Grace that he wanted to be buried in Oklahoma, my grandfather would be in Oklahoma. That's next week on Life of the Law. You can hear our feature reports and our Live Law stories by visiting our website, lifeofthelaw.org, or visit infiniteguests.org, or search for us on your favorite podcast app. Live Law is a production of Life of the Law, and is produced by Mary Adkins and Jonathan Hirsch. Howard Gelman is our engineer. I'm Nancy Mullane. Thanks for listening.